Okay, Ben, there is a right and a wrong answer to this, so I'm going to ask you something. I need your first serious thoughts, and I'm not going to try and influence you in any way, so you know, don't take it as I am, and I need, I need you to answer this honestly, okay? Are you going to get the boring, dull, dismal, grey Nintendo Switch, or are you going to get the really... the one, I mean, a lot of cool people are buying this one, but there's this one that's red and blue. And like I said, the cool people tend to be buying it. I mean, I'm not, not trying to be biased here, so it's up to you. I mean, there's the neon switch, which is obviously the better one, or there's the dull grey one, which are you going for? It's a tough question, Stevie. It's I'm tough, gonna isn't to, it? Uh, I'm going to have to think about it. Um, dull grey. Careful now. Careful now. Dull, dull grey. No, no, I mean, it's dull grey. Or... Whoa! Neon! Red and blue, baby! I do. I do. Now, think about those. I mean, don't let the way I'm talking influence you. That's just my normal mannerisms. Think. I think, to match my hair, my, 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 my blue my blue and red streaks, streaks in my hair, yep. I'm going to have to go with the neon one. We can still be friends. Oh, that's good then. the tap tap bros happy gaming podcast my name's ben and i'm steve so today we are going to be doing things a little different to usual yeah, yes it's we're going to be discussing the switch aren't we mainly the switch a bit of nintendo and mm-hmm. our history of nintendo and probably a lot of just getting excited about a lovely new video game toy so yeah absolutely we're uh, going to be answering some reader mail um like normal um and then on a twist to our normal genre reassignment sections where we take a game from one genre and place it into another uh we will be ta- talking about our nintendo dreams for the nintendo switch oh, are we making these up or are we taking games from nintendo's history and dreaming what we want them to be on switch i think this is balls the floor honest so. <laughs> good stuff something okay. very just this is what we want so okay well i'm up for that so let's get started the switch has been revealed mm-hmm. we've both pre-ordered uh, we have and we're both neon boys we are both neon boys and important question ben what's your favorite neon switch color is it the red or the blue uh, oh, i'm a blue guy oh you're a bluey yeah i'm a bluey yeah. I think I'm a red guy myself. Okay, so yeah. That means we'll never have to fight if we're sharing. No, that's fine. But we have one sharing red the joy. Each. We it's... have a one red each and one blue each. So yes. it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. There's always one Joy-Con that will be the right colour <laughs> when we want to play together. Depending on who switch, it doesn't matter who switches. No, we'll always be ready. Switches, switches, <laughs> switches. <laughs> so where uh, launch games? There's not many. There's no, there's not four. many. Two of which... No, there's five. There's five, sorry. Two of which are not my cup of tea. I'm not into Just Dance, and I'm not really into Skylanders. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the only video game uh, toy collectible that I don't get, because I've got all the Lego stuff. I've got loads of Amiibos. But the Skylanders has never dragged me uh, never dragged me in. I think it's because it doesn't you know, have either Nintendo characters or 80s movies characters in it. So yeah, I can I've, understand I've that. It's, it's still very fun. I, I do enjoy it. I've played it a couple of times and um, I think it's a, it's a great uh, game for uh, for kids, absolutely. So. so the highlight for me is, well, I mean, obviously it's Zelda mm-hmm. because I love Zelda, but I think the actual surprise highlight for me... trailer was gorgeous. Oh God, yeah. We were discussing before the podcast how it's got a really Ghibli kind of feel to it and I think mm-hmm. we're both very excited about the fact that 
it's gone a bit more cinematic. Yeah, it's funny actually. I think we both kind of realised this. Is is we we stayed up. Um, we're in the UK and we yeah, stayed up at four a.m. in the morning. And we, um, uh, some people went to sleep and got up early, which is the that's a silly thing to idea. Do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's hang on before you carry on. Let's just point out that. The thing finished about ten past five in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Pre-orders opened up at seven a.m., so we had to get up again like an hour and a half later. We had to sleep for like an hour and then, <sighs> then go up. And it's a good thing, because actually, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I Steve, Steve knows this that I'm. I'm not a day one guy for anything really. And um, I didn't buy a PS4 on day one, the Xbox One on day one. I didn't buy the Wii U on day one. I always kind of wait it out. But so, but, what is it with the Switch? Because I mean. As someone who's super excited about this console, the launch lineup's a little lackluster. There's not a huge amount of games. So what is it that's brought you in this time, day one? It's the portability, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did get a, a 3DS very very early, not on day one, but within the first month or so. Sure. Um, and um, and I, 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 I wouldn't even consider myself a handheld gamer, but, but I travel a lot with work. I fly mm. a lot. I'm on the train a lot. And just this, this idea of being able to... Um, uh, pick up the console and continue playing um, is 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 the main kind of draw. But then the fact, because I travel with people a lot as well, the fact that yeah. I can take that portable console with me yeah. and then I can play, play multiplayer um, with Sharing my, my the joy, friends. as Nintendo Absolutely, call it. Yeah, <laughs> sharing the joy, make happy gaming, right? Right. And, um, and, 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 and that's great. And uh, and I think I, I got just the idea of that um, definitely, um, definitely really drew me in. And... And I, I always, I always have kind of like uh, reservations of when games will come out with Nintendo and the kind of yeah. pipeline and stuff. But, but for me, Zelda was a must. I knew I wanted to get Zelda for the Wii U originally. It's coming out on the Switch. I'd, I, it, that gives me an automatic reason. Yeah, if you want the best version of it, I mean, you know the be- the Switch version is going to be the better one at this stage. So. If you know you want that game and you know you're probably going to want a Switch in the future, you might as well get a Switch for Zelda. Yeah, Switch in the future. Oh. <laughs> um, um, but then I think I, I think I was I was I was sold before the the, the January presentation on, on just the concept of it, and it yeah. looks like a really nice piece of a really well built built kick. My one criticism of the Wii U is that it looked like a toy. Yeah, I mean Nintendo's kind of renowned for their build quality but the Wii U always felt a bit plasticky it did yeah it did feel a little bit odd um but I think uh, after watching the presentation and seeing games like Splatoon coming out in that first year, things like Bomberman at launch, well, we'll talk about Bomberman. That's what I was going to yeah. get on to. Um, um, uh, as well as like, uh, you know, things like Snipperclips, these great that little multiplayer great. games. It's the sort of thing that, that, that I can play not with not, not only with my, 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 my avid gamer friends, people that have played games their entire life, but people who I'm, I'm close with that do like to play games but find the complexity of some games um, a little bit overwhelming like my partner it and, feels and, and like sort of things that we could definitely sit down and play together totally because it feels like that game's going to be paced however you want to play it so if you want to like play a quick speed run version of that game it's built for it but if you want to just sit with someone who doesn't normally play games and take your time and talk it out between you then it's there mm-hmm. it looks like it's ready to be played like in a number of ways and i just love the concept it's, it's just an, it's a nice thing i mean i mean i i, I like to like I, I play single player games on my PlayStation Four, um, and with with my girlfriend, and and she'll watch me play, and we'll talk about it as we're doing it, and that is an interaction to a certain extent. Yeah, and just just being able to have much because these games are complex in, in kind of the way you play them, and being able to 
but she loves Mario Kart, you know, yes. and, um, and and one of the things that we actually have, this is quite, this is a, probably where, where my mindset is, I think, um, yeah. is um, our, um, uh, her sister and and uh, and and her partner, um, those guys love to play Mario Kart with us. That's one of the things sure. that we've always done is play Mario Kart together. Um, but I've, I've got a Wii U yep. and... Um, and so they have to come around to our house. And we, we live maybe like a like a two hours apart in kind of driving distance. So that's yeah, a long sure. way to come, it's you know. Quite, like. it's quite so a, so quite we go around to theirs and we have a great time. And um, and then, but you know, it'd be cool if we could play Mario Kart. Without having around to pack to, up a Wii U. Yeah, and they, they, they come around to ours and we might play a little bit of it and stuff. But then it's like, all well, we have to get the different controllers out and there's all these complexity of controllers. Yep. Whereas with the Switch, um, and generally we play two players at a time. And not four players directly. Uh, I can, I can, I can take that with me. Like I can just pick that up, take it with me, and yep. it'd be, and it's fine. And Everything we play on you the need little there. Screen, that's fine. You've got even you don't even need a screen. Everything you need is there. It's got a kickstand. It's got two pull-off controllers, and you have got a full multiplayer setup anywhere you mm-hmm. go. And I don't think the screen's a problem because you're just talking about a quick gain a lot of the time on those kind of experiences. Sure, yeah. so you just like put it down and you, you're going to have a quick quick go. And I kind of, I kind of like that mentality. But absolutely for me, playing it on the plane, playing it at the airport, playing it in a hotel room, yep. they sold it for me as a console. I mean, I played a lot of Mario Kart 8 on the gamepad, you know, actually on the, the Wii U gamepad. Mm-hmm. And it looked amazing on that. And this is a better, bigger screen. So I, I think the screen size is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, before we get too far off topic, the game that's most excited me, obviously, other than Zelda, mm-hmm. is Bomberman. Mm. Bomberman is back, and I don't feel like enough people have made a big deal about it. And I think it's mainly because we're maybe a little older. And, but we remember Bomberman maybe more fondly because... Yeah, for sure. I think Saturn Bomberman is yes. is one of my favourite games of all time. Um, I had that copy, do you remember, for a very long time. I had a big crack down <laughs> the middle of it. Disc, I bought it somehow with still a crack worked. on it for very cheap. And it was a super rare game um for a sega saturn um uh, probably in my early 20s and uh, and it worked absolutely fine those discs were so versatile yeah but i think the last ball mine game we had was on the xbox 360 yeah um, d- a digital one yeah very early on in its life cycle it came out we played quite a lot of it um, yeah great multiplayer game i mean Bomberman's kind of existed as just a handheld character for some time mm-hmm. but the idea of a local multiplayer Bomberman again weirdly enough on a portable system you know in in some ways but a local multiplayer Bomberman game as a main launch for a console just excites me. And I think it's just because I, I've ordered that game physically. And I think it's just something about the fact that I'll be able to own a new Bomberman game, like an actual packaged product, mm-hmm. really does take me back to sort of, you know, Sega Saturn, Super Nintendo era, when Bomberman wasn't just a, a little mini game you'd download on Xbox Live Arcade, but it was a big celebrated release. And it's great to see something like that back. I, I kind of had given up on Bomberman mm-hmm. because obviously Hudson disappeared konami bought up all their assets and konami basically stopped making games mm. so it's it seems like we'd never see that guy again and then out of the blue i mean no one predicted bomberman all those rumors and speculation that went out around what was going to be shown at this uh conference most of which turned out not to be true at least not yet but no one had suggested there'd be bomberman no no there's a new <laughs> bomberman coming because if someone had said new bomberman i would have just called bullshit like no way <laughs> they're not gonna make a new bomberman game i think with bomberman is is yeah a lot i think a lot of younger gamers won't um 
won't really know what it is. No, nah, um, they won't have and, heard of it. And, but that's okay because like I think this is I mean, obviously it depends on what how the game is. We haven't played it, so we don't know what the quality of it is. Mm-hmm. But it'd be really you know, if, if it's a high quality game, it, it if it reviews well or you know, rev- you know, in a decent way, yeah, maybe that that franchise in a, in a multiplayer sense can be introduced to new audiences which is to me quite exciting that's the exciting yeah, prospect totally. of it um if i was nintendo which i'm not by the way if you had any doubts but if i steve was tendo. if i was uh steve tendo <laughs> what i would be doing is i'd be pushing bomberman as one of their big esports sort of games because nintendo seemed to be trying to get into that with like splatoon i mean that first switch reveal trailer made a big deal about how Splatoon could be a, a spectator sport at sort of esports. Mm-hmm. They should do that with Bomberman. They've got a perfect, like amazingly balanced, simple multiplayer game that's easy to follow, you know, for, for spectators and also just like ludicrously easy for anyone to play. It, it's hard to master Bomberman, but this the rules are so simple that you could easily get a, a, a big audience, I think, back for Bomberman. If you made a big deal about this game, about how it's, nintendo's new esports sort of title i think it could do quite well yeah, it'd be interesting to see i think it's quite fast paced bomberman sometimes but it'd be interesting to see what pro bomberman players yeah would play something like that i mean when you look at big esports you look at like starcraft or you look at league of legends um they, i mean league of legends in particular the, the idea of the lane based gameplay is 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 quite simple on the surface yeah. but there's a massive amount of depth there and i think splatoon has that yes yeah, Splatoon bomberman, definitely does does have aspects of that but with the power-ups and stuff they could really add other layers to it and make well, it a little bit deeper back in the old days i remember we had like obviously these are not esports rules but local rules where we'd say you can only play because you could use to be able to customize your power-up sets so you'd have like oh you can only have the flame power-ups and the bomb power-ups and the skate power-ups mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have the bigger more explosive stuff and it would just become much more strategic because you'd be limited to what you could use but i think there's certainly an aspect of Bomberman and just how simple, well, deceptively simple that game is. I think hope, hopefully Nintendo will scream about it from the rooftops about it being back, but I've got a feeling it's going to get lost in the Zelda hype. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, this is this, this brings us on to another another kind of topic of discussion that I I find very interesting is um is the limited launch lineup. Um, yeah, so five games, right? Yeah, there's there's five games on there, and there has been speculation online, you know, and, and some disappointment across the board. But I, I really think it's a it's, it's actually quite a smart move. Well, one one of the things that always puts me off at launch is you have all of these games. I don't know which one to buy. It frustrates me, and and um and so I wait until see what all my friends think about these things yeah sure later down the line whereas with this launch it's the, the the palette is so simple like you've got two games that that work really well for um uh, a more casual audience or a younger audience like uh, uh, just dance and um Skylanders. Skylanders, which are both really good games if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, and mean, they're, actually, the quality of the launch lineup is excellent. You know, um, uh, I, I haven't played Bomberman, I haven't played One Two Switch, but but they look like quality titles, right? One Two Switch just looks like it's going to be. I, I can't imagine there being much to it. But it looks like it's going to be good fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not something I pick up on day one, um, but it is something that I would definitely like to like to try sometime. Yeah, I think, well, I'm picking it up. It's so. like, okay, I'm going around to your house and trying it out <laughs> because I know you're going to buy it <laughs> and then I'll make my decision. Um, um, but for me, Zelda and Bomberman, without a doubt, they, they I've already pre-ordered those titles. Yeah, I think the thing for me as well is I, I see this um, sort of disappointment in the launch lineup as well. Like, not me personally, I, I'm not disappointed with what you they're bringing out. You understand it though. But I, I get yeah. it. But at the same time, I think, well, you were going to buy Zelda anyway, right? If you're going to buy a Switch, the game you're going to get with it is Legend of Zelda. 
Like mm-hmm. for ninety percent of the audience, that's the game they're waiting for. So excited! <laughs> me too, totally. And it's just for me, they could have said, "Yeah, day one Zelda," and that's it. And they probably would have got less of a negative response than they got. I think it's just because they announced the other games and nothing's huge other than Zelda. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they need another huge game alongside, you know, Breath of the Wild. You've got what uh, for probably two to nearly three years now has been one of the most anticipated games yeah for sure and, and there it is day one and the more and more i think about it the more i think it's a smart thing i mean the wii u launched with a massive amount of of games like 30 40 tiles on launch day one uh, in the states that's a huge amount of titles that it sure. came out with yeah and I it remember. hasn't done very well as it didn't do very well as a console as much as i love that console and it's put me this one of the most happiest memories and i've got very fond some of my favorite nintendo games are on the way you yeah um, it hasn't been a commercial success so for me that the, the, there's a real logical thinking here to to a allowing some of those um quality t- third party titles to breathe a little bit on day yeah. one um and then steady the, those games out allow people to actually play them and uh um, I, I, I definitely in my, my taste of gaming um, as I grow older anyway is I'm I'm not a hoarder with games I don't buy every single game I'm, I'm very selective over the titles that I play sure. I don't think more choice is always necessarily a good thing I don't think price drops are a good thing I, I like to make careful quality purchases on titles that I enjoy and for me um, um, the actual array of titles throughout the year is very high quality there's lots of well, games I will buy thing. in the first 12 months and it's almost a blessing to not have to have them all in all in that first month <laughs> like Nintendo have made your schedule for you like yeah. okay so day one you're getting Zelda and Bomberman and two weeks later you're going to get your snipper clips then two weeks after that that's when you can buy Mario Kart it's like, <laughs> okay Uncle Reggie I'll do them in I'm only allowed to play one hour <laughs> per night after you've done your homework <laughs> talking of which that um that sort of parental control video they made with bowser and bowser jr was very good yeah i think um i think uh character is 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 so important to to nintendo and everything about the switch has character in its own way um, and I really, really like how they're using their IP more. I really like how they're bringing it into every fold of. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Mario, uh, Super Mario Odyssey in a little bit, right? But like they're bringing the IP into everything. Everything's connecting together, and there's, there's, there's. It's, it's like it. If if you're a young kid, like it's super amazing to see how all these things kind of work together and they're everywhere in the Nintendo world. Yeah. And as adults, it's great to see them using those franchises that you're so fond of. So. so let's talk about the games because I know there's not a lot day one, but year one, there's an awful lot of good mm-hmm. stuff coming. And I think it would be silly of us to not talk about ARMS for a start because that oh, was a yeah, super surprising sure. game. And of course, Super Mario Odyssey. But let's mm-hmm. start with ARMS because... The initial trailer for me made me think, ah, it looks like Punch-Out meets Wii Boxing. You know, yeah, it felt very much like Wii Boxing to me at first. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I can get behind that because I love Wii Boxing. But... but it didn't feel like there'd be much to it. No, it But then when we like saw the Treehouse, the Treehouse gameplay of it made it look great. But that's looked... a technological jump. Though. Nobody, it's very difficult to show the technological jump in those in, in the Joy-Cons compared to the Wiimotes. Yeah, exactly. And also HD Rumble. <sighs> beautiful <laughs> those, those ice cubes <laughs> uh, yeah, arms for me was when they first showed it it was well if this is like a cheap digital game i'm interested and then when we saw the gameplay at the nintendo treehouse it was more like okay so this is the splatoon of fighting games mm-hmm. it's surprisingly deep it's got 
great amazing character you know it's like really vibrant looking there's there's a, a good sense of style to it and overall the gameplay just looked super fun like really reminds me the style of it like a splatoon meets overwatch yeah totally and really um i mean this in a good way like 90s sega you know when sega were just like they'd ooze style and maybe they wouldn't always make the best games but they would always make stuff that looked awesome oh there's a power stone jet set radio vibe in those characters oh totally like, yeah. yeah i mean yeah it surprises me it isn't a i think overwatch is is very much taken from that kind of that 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 really um strong characterization yeah i think so and i think that's what's I mean, we obviously haven't seen the full cast of characters yet for ARMS. I'd imagine there'd be more than they've shown us mm-hmm. so far. But I just, from what they've shown, the style is great. The gameplay looks really fun. And I mean, they've talked about it having button controls as well as um, a sort of, what are they called, Joy-Con controls. Which is smart. It's Again, a good it idea for portability. of the game and, and how it works. So you, maybe you could play on one Joy-Con and then another Joy-Con. Yep. So. But the thing for me is... And this isn't normally the case, like, ever. But the thing for me right now is I want to choose motion controls for that game. Mm-hmm. Having seen it being played, that's how I want to play it. I want to throw my fists to punch. I want to twist the controllers to twist my fists through the air. And I want to play some strange Springman boxing. I mean, there's definitely something from what we've heard uh, in terms of press and what we saw upon in the treehouse was that it's incredibly... Uh, it's very discernible in terms of the way yep. that, that, that when you do an action you receive that feedback straight away apparently the hd rumble makes it so you can almost feel the arms uncoil as you uh throw punches which i thought was a a very cool novel idea mm-hmm. i like the uh i mean the hd rumble i'm assuming will get no real grip on until we play the damn thing but that idea that when you throw a punch in um arms it feels like you can feel your arms uncoil. It's a cool idea. I, yeah. I really like the, f- the fact that they're sort of, it's not just going to rumble, it's going to actually, you'll, you'll feel something. It makes the game controls. juicy. Ooh, juicy, juicy arms. Yeah. <laughs> the great game design presentation on how to make games juicy. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. I love that. I love that. The more feedback you can give a player, the more they're going to feel like they're in that moment. And, and that's why I really like the idea of the HD rumble. Yes, but we are going to talk about arms too long here because... We have limited time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to uh, be a disgrace to our audience, but we want to make sure we watch the next <laughs> Nintendo Direct, which is tonight at 10pm, which is going to be about Fire Emblem. So we need to talk about Super Mario Odyssey. We do. We need because... to talk about Super Mario Odyssey and maybe a tiny little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles. Okay, if we can time. do that. Let's do Mario first, <laughs> yeah, because sure. I think there's a lot to talk about there. And I think if we didn't talk about Xenoblade now, uh, we don't really know too much about it right now. Whereas Mario, it feels like they've given us back to your word mm-hmm. a juicy amount of information yeah, on the yeah, game yeah, in such a short sure. space of time so your initial thoughts what were you thinking because <laughs> when i first saw that trailer <laughs> i recognized it was mario because i saw the crazy cap yeah. logo and i had seen that in the other trailer because i've been watching sort of analysis of that um first switch trailer ah uh, right okay yeah but, so i recognized the crazy cap logo so i thought it was mario however and i now know it's new new donk city but my initial thoughts were, and I still think this is kind of right, it looks like the Manhattan that they used to say Mario was from in the cartoons and right, the movies. Okay. It's like, it's almost gone full circle. Like, Mario would not fit in in those environments like Manhattan and stuff like that. And that's probably why they've never touched it in the games. Like, it was just part of the lore of the American translation, I assumed. Oh, he's a, he's a guy from Brooklyn. He likes to... You know, he's a plumber. He fixes pipes. Oh, he's got sucked into the magical mushroom kingdom. 
And now he's fucking in what looks like New York City with real people. It just feels like what if someone had told me as um, a kid, so I'm playing Super Mario Brothers 2 and someone said to me, oh, in the future, Mario will be able to run around proper uh, proper Brooklyn. I would have believed it. Wow, that sounds cool. And like if you'd asked me two years ago, I would have said, that sounds stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But now they've brought me back into my childhood and it's like, this somehow really works for me. It's so odd. Something odd about it. I feel uncomfortable with it. Yep, me too. Absolutely. Um, it's captured me. It's captured my imagination of what Mario can be. And I have, I, I've been, I, me and Steve had a conversation before about this and, 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 I, and I started, like my mind started going down this rabbit hole of theories about <laughs> what's going on in Mario Odyssey. Well, we <laughs> and I kind, of, kind of rolling into one after another and it was, it was quite interesting really. Let's put it out there. Let's put out there our theory because then, I mean, sure. we can't be, it can't be too bad for us because if we guess wrong at this stage, who cares? We've seen one trailer. It's just our guess. Mm-hmm. If we guess right, we'll look like fucking genius. Geniuses. We will. I mean, we are geniuses. Anyway, but, um, uh. Okay, so we were thinking that, I mean, the last Mario game, proper Mario game, uh, uh, no, nah, that's that's a disgrace to 3D World by not calling it a proper Mario game. No, okay, the last full Mario open Mario game. Mario games of all time. So. Yeah, I love it too. The last open Mario game was Mario Galaxy, mm-hmm. but the last truly open world Mario game was probably Sunshine because there's no real exploration in Galaxy. It always feels like you're on a set path, even though you're on these spherical planets. It's always very obvious where you've got to go. This feels back to more the open ways. So it feels like we've, we're going to go from what was obviously planet hopping in Galaxy. I think we're going dimension hopping. Okay. With them. Um, yeah. I mean, Odyssey to me and with the world sounds like you're going around one world but and that might be the case but, but it like, all looks so different it does what but one of my main theories uh, like um i it just started off as kind of a aquarius what if mario hadn't defeated donkey kong because new donk in, city is definitely donkey kong related yeah definitely. In, in the original donkey kong in 1981 what would have happened well donkey kong would have taken over the city and <laughs> and everything's named after him so i i i have this feeling that the kingpin of new donk city <laughs> is, is donkey kong he's gotta be in and it mario is here now and then i was like well what else is going on in the other places and i was like well the bunnies that keep stealing his hats have suddenly have all these kind of things <laughs> they they've taken over a part of this so, World. that's the, the sort and of vegetable looking yeah world. and then um oh no the bunnies are the bad guys aren't they they're, they're the um they, they are they, they are mischievous in all games they, 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 are steal, his, they steal his uh, stars they steal his hats in mario yep. 64 like um um it's 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 not it's not good and there's some so, sort of vegetable world which is reminiscent like of mario the vegetables 2 have risen they've risen up <laughs> mario wasn't there to to to, 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 pluck, all to pluck all the vegetables and they've they've, <laughs> they've evolved into these fork creatures i don't know i don't know um, i mean but it's definitely pulling I, I, the more i see it the more i see the franchises um you know the other mario yeah, worlds whether coincidence or not there's a lot of little nods to old mario stuff like that desert level oh, looks the like mario are land from super mario land what's that the lions are from super mario land. yeah 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 they're the from the, the fire the, fire the, the, um, the sort of Egyptian style level. On yeah, so maybe Mario it's Land. just an, it could just potentially be an Odyssey through through the, the Mario history, history. Of Mario, his, history of Mario. Yeah. Oh man, that would be great because the New Donk City would be where it all began, and that would make sense for real people because that's how Mario was perceived back then. So maybe this is and this is something we talk about Zelda a little bit. How 
they seem to be tying a lot of their games into universes yeah, like we, Marvel have. Yeah. And I know we know Nintendo are move, trying to move in that direction a little bit. So. <laughs> the Mario Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of happening. Well, this is the thing. New Donk... I mean, let, let's be honest here. We're almost certainly wrong. But if New Donk City <laughs> represents Donkey Kong, then at that time, Mario was just supposed to be a normal bloke. So, normal bloke world. And then Mario 2 with all the vegetables was always seen as the weird sort of oddball Mario. And in that trailer, that's all polygony. That level doesn't look polished in the same way as the other Mario levels do. It looks out of place, even more so than New Donk City. I wonder if there is going to be this vibe of it's almost revisiting and reinventing the classic stuff that we know. Yeah, but then again, Mexicana, where does that come from? That came from super... Mario Brothers brand chili. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely think there's there's going to be more, but I think it, it could just be as simple as harking back to these classics. Yeah, so it might just be a little nods. See if they do stuff with Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine and stuff like that. But You know what the craziest thing about that trailer is? They show so much stuff, right? And I mean, we've watched that trailer a lot and there's lots to pick up on and there's all sorts of cool things like throw in the hat, the fact that Mario can basically freely parkour around the environments, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Weirdest thing is, the trailer finishes, right? Mm-hmm. And then the eyes pop out of his hat. <laughs> so weird. It but does, that, that, it... that is nothing to do with the rest of the trailer. So uh, is that part of the story? Is the, so, is, is the hat like a, a hat man? I don't understand. It's a crazy cat. But what's he got to do have, with it? have personalities. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the hat in the Minish Cap. It looks like an extra from Banjo-Kazooie. It does. It looks like, <laughs> it looks like someone escaped Rare and has been hiding in the <laughs> Nintendo offices. They, they've got this Rare employee and they went, look, we're running out of time. Can you make the hat? <laughs> yeah, I'll render as a hat. Like, oh, you fucking put eyes on it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's just going to have to go. <laughs> just put it out there. <laughs> yeah absolutely okay so let's rank the games that we've seen in those trailers in our most excited order so out of everything you've seen for switch so far what is your number one most exciting for me at this moment in time it's for me it's probably zelda see for me it's mario yeah mario is definitely my second so so we've got the first two the other way around because it's for me it goes mario zelda for you it's going zelda mario yeah it's probably arms next for me um, even more so than Bomberman, Mario Kart, Splatoon 2, simply because it's a new Nintendo game. I think every time Nintendo do something new, it's exciting. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think ARMS is definitely there. I, I think for me, I'm probably going to have Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh, yeah, it. that's true. So, that I mean, that's great. probably my third most exciting game. And then probably ARMS very closely followed by Splatoon you know 2 what? we can't do this there's too many games like, well, there's, this is the thing there's a lot of games yeah. but then there's Mario Kart and I have Mario Kart 8 but I, I really want to pick that up there's the RPG um, by the Bravely Default team which looks with beautiful. that lovely pixel art style that. And, you know because there's not enough details to talk about that yet no that's the same um, way I feel I mean I think uh, it'd be cool to do we could talk about we definitely probably should do an RPG uh, um, oh certainly thing. we could talk about some of these new things um there's Sonic Mania. Which was Snipper Clips. Snipper Clips looks brilliant. Uh, yes, like, I'm really excited for Snipper Clips. Super good fun. You know, um, the thing for Sonic Mania for me is I was already excited about it. I was one of the people who had pre-ordered the edition that comes with the statue of Sonic. But as soon as it got announced for Switch, it was like, yeah, well, that's the right console for this game. Mm-hmm. So- classic Sonic, when you know I can play it portably, just seems like the perfect combination. The fact it's co-op, um, local co-op like Sonic 2 was with Sonic and Tails, 
fits the idea of the two Joy-Cons just to an absolute T, because those controls will be simple. You'll need a jump button and a stick to run. Yeah, and I definitely feel like the virtual console is going to benefit from those con- controllers when it happens or any games that are like i i've got a feeling that the switch if it's as easy to develop as a developer myself if it's easy to develop as people say it yeah there could be a huge it could become the new vita in terms of independent games so. and, and the thing is the new vita sounds like an odd thing really because obviously sony have dropped it but the independent market for vita has always been very strong oh and yeah like, they I- must be looking at this thinking okay so this is going to be like a vita that isn't dead yet they must be like it, it. It's the Vita with potential again, because mm-hmm. I mean, we know Sony have dropped the Vita. They, they just have. But it doesn't mean no one's making games for it. But if I was making a Vita game right now and I was thinking, well, this is for the portable audience and I saw a new Nintendo machine that was coming out, not to mention it's sold out. I would be very excited. If it's running on Tegra hardware, then um, it really shouldn't be difficult to pull a, a, a low end pc game across well apparently it can run unreal 4 quite easily which is obviously a yeah a nice touch I mean, for, for existing games like splunky and stuff like exactly. that. exactly so. man it's exciting it's very exciting we're both excited but we should move on so let's take a break okay let's take a quick break before we take a break i just want to mention that hat one more time <laughs> what, what's going on <laughs> all right that's enough Got eyes. <laughs> take a quick break Okay, so we're going to talk about some of our cherished Nintendo memories. We're going to talk about the things that make Nintendo matter to us. Mm-hmm. What what uh, is uh, you know held dear in our hearts when we think of Nintendo, and just some of the nostalgic moments that Nintendo brings to mind for mm-hmm. the many years they have entertained us. Mm-hmm. So who should go first here? I tell you what, let's start off with this. What was your first Nintendo console? Uh, Game Boy. Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine was the original NES. I never owned a Game Boy. I never had a Nintendo home console to the N64. Really? I didn't play on a SNES or a NES till I was in my late teens. Man, see, yeah. I I had the original NES, um, and this is where most of my memories will come from. But then, as an influential child, all my friends were Mega Drive, and whilst now I realise in... Uh, in hindsight, I should have waited for the Super Nintendo because, and whisper it, it is better than the Mega Drive. <laughs> Don't tell my 12-year-old self I said that. <laughs> Even though I know it's true, I still gave you evils there. <laughs> it's the thing, right? The Super Nintendo's game, I mean, I I loved, I, I, say, I say loved, I still do love the Sega Mega Drive or Genesis for our American mm-hmm. friends, but the SNES library is just phenomenal. It's really, really great. Yeah, yeah, and that machine is so much more powerful. The music on those games is so much better. But anyway, I got the original NES. All my friends upgraded to the Mega Drive and I jumped on the bandwagon. And then I was a Sega boy until Sega stopped making games. You've good reason to be a Sega boy, I think. Sega uh, made great yeah, games. So. And then they stopped making games. Well, no, they stopped making great games at the end of the Dreamcast era and then started making okay games for other consoles with a few exceptions like yakuza and stuff like that which have been obviously fantastic mm-hmm. and they've published some good games but haven't made good games alien yeah it's like alien isolation was a published sega game but creative assembly made it yeah exactly so name sega themselves quality titles th- their track records dropped a little yeah, they definitely. still make good games from time to time and i mean i'm a big fan Football of yakuza Manager. huh <laughs> <Football> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the sega of my day made great games like jet set radio and shenmue and 
when they stopped making consoles, I went crawling back like a baby to Nintendo, <laughs> begging them to forgive me and bought a GameCube. And then since then, I've kind of never looked back. I've always supported Nintendo. I mean, that's not... I say I've always supported Nintendo. I've also had every PlayStation they've released and every Xbox. I've supported all three of them, but my heart's with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think... I mean, I don't think I can go into too much detail about my Nintendo memories and what's the fondest to me because I'd be here all day. But the main one that sticks in my mind is as a kid probably 1990 1991 probably 1990 the simpsons was big you know it was huge simpsons mania mm-hmm. sleep sweeping the globe i was into my wwf wrestling you know you know what had both those things nintendo <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as they made a uh, game of the simpsons for the nintendo i really wanted one and i got one at christmas with bart versus the space mutants mm-hmm. and the mario duck hunt combo cartridge oh nice Bart versus the Space Mutants got hardly any play because I discovered Super Mario Brothers and then that was it. I absolutely loved that game. And for me, my fondest memories of uh, Nintendo are firstly, that Christmas playing Super Mario Brothers pretty much all Christmas. And then my family taking in turns to play some Duck Hunt in between games of Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. And then when I bought Super Mario Brothers 3, I say I bought, I was probably about. 10 my mum probably bought me super mario for this three but i still own my original copy and i read the manual to that game so many times that the cover has worn away oh man <laughs> <laughs> but it had a letter at the start written from mario and um it was just full of like little tips that said things like oh don't tell anyone these tips are secret and i thought that was all real <laughs> like oh i found some secrets no one can know so yeah, Mario Mario Brothers 3 just being this phenomenal game packed full of little secrets, not just in the manual, but the game itself, full of so many little hidden areas that, I, you know, that was all new to me when I played that game. And the original Mario Brothers for basically correcting my decision to get Bar versus the Space Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? What's What sticks out for you? Um, it's a tricky one. Like, um, like I said, I, I've never... Um, I was never a Nintendo fan. Even when I had an N sixty four, I love those games. I I I had the N sixty four and uh, and I played I played Nintendo games and I enjoyed the GameCube. Um, mm. And then and then very I think maybe possibly when I was a little bit older. Um, when I had the Wii and Mario Galaxy came out, I I I really started appreciating those games a bit more and went back and played on the GameCube more and went back and picked up the N64 and played some other games and started looking at them. And that's really when I got a SNES and, and I went back for, a, sorry, a, 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 super, a super NES or a, a super, NES. Super SN, no, the Super NES. But see, um, that's weird. It's the, it's the SNES to me. Is it the yeah, SNES Yeah, it's a very European thing. Is that a UK don't thing? Call, don't like, call it NES, SNES. SNES. Or, because in the States... <laughs> it does sound like you're sneezing. <laughs> SNES. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I, I went back and played a lot of those consoles and I, I really enjoyed playing those games. So I, I think from my early memories, the, the ones that, that, that I do pick, well, I did have a Game Boy when I was younger and, mm. and I have very fond memories of playing Super Mario Land um, yeah. and Tetris um, on, on a screen I couldn't really see. Yeah. Um, but, but I really liked that, that console. And, and again, the portability was something I really engaged with and I really enjoyed that. But I think probably the, the, the memory that really like astound the stat like like really like fills me with something a little bit different was when I completed Ocarina of Time on the N64 in my in my mid teens. Mm. Me and my brother had a, my brother 
had an N64, I had PlayStation, but um, I played Ocarina of Time and I defeated Ganon. Um, and that was a very cinematic moment and I hadn't really experienced much in that kind of real-time cinematic moment. Everything's yeah, cutscenes on the PlayStation. Games weren't really telling stories back then either. I mean, even early PlayStation games were still predominantly shoot the gun, drive the car... You know, yeah sure i was not good enough at final fantasy to get to me neither to get very far in it at that point um um uh, i was playing tony hawks primarily mm-hmm. but, um, best game <laughs> yeah the best game ever um um but uh that's some lawn sports games we should do sports oh games. definitely <laughs> um so i think that's probably my my most my most precious memory because I, I remember my dad said my, my, my sisters were messing around because they always messed around. They still do mess around. Um, and they're in their 20s. <laughs> um, um, and, and he was like, he told them to be quiet because he knew I was so close to the end of the game. And just for reference, I know I've mentioned this before, my dad is a massive gamer. He yep. got me totally into games, still plays games all the time, shouts at the screen. Um, <laughs> my mum goes out of the room. <laughs> um, and, um, and I just concentrated and just and completed it. And, and, and I don't think I completed many games. And I think... Mm, one of sure. the first games that I completed. I hadn't completed Super Mario 64 for sure. See, I didn't get um, an N64 until I went to college and I bought it off someone who was just selling it. Um, so I played all those games late and I missed out on uh, Ocarina of Time and stuff like that originally. Um, and I've got round to them eventually on 3DS because those remakes kind of polished them up a little so they didn't feel as old. So it was kind of a, a nice stepping point for me to be able to go play and appreciate those games. Mm-hmm. Not that I couldn't appreciate them, but you know what I mean? Sometimes you return to an old game and though you can see the potential in it, so much time has moved on that it's hard to enjoy it as it would have been enjoyed in its day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially with early 3D stuff. But I think I mentioned this on the Party Games episode we did last time, but one of my other like favourite memories of Nintendo was the Wii. Um, seeing my parents play a video game together and you know being able to pl- compete with my mum and dad at a video game and everyone be on an equal stage like no one having an advantage everyone being totally new to this concept and it didn't feel like going into a, another video game where even just knowing the controller would give you an advantage this just felt like you know it was so intuitive like well you know what bowling's like so it's like bowling and it was just a, a great way of being able to enjoy games with people who normally wouldn't bother and i think i'm hoping kind of in a way that the the switch brings some of that back because my parents would have no interest in the wii u mm-hmm. it's got nothing for them uh, other than wii sports which they could already play on the wii but they would probably like want to switch because it's silly it's quite physical and it's, it's accessible right yeah it's it's like a like a party game it's almost like you know charades or something mm-hmm. it's just a physical game but with a computer game aspect to it and they could they would definitely get the idea of that and i think they'd weirdly i think they'd like arms because they used to play wii boxing yeah and it's just like well okay so it's wii boxing but now you can jump with this one you know this button and dash with this button but otherwise it's the same as wii boxing to play and they'd get it yeah i think that's it's exciting that there could be games coming that are a bit more in depth like arms that could still appeal to people who uh, only ever played the really casual stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something Nintendo do really well. Um, um, they're really good at sharing the love with games. Like, they're, they're, in their mind, games are not exclusive to people that want just serious experiences yep. or complex and tough experiences, which I, I would argue is definitely more of what we play. Yep. Um, 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 they open it up to a whole variety of audiences. And, and uh, I, mean, I think that is incredibly commendable because it's an utter, it'd be an utter shame if 
if we went forward from here as video games and we didn't open up to the mass majority of people, we just end up as still being that weird niche thing that... Exactly. I mean, I'm know, a fan of Dark Souls, okay? I love those games. But at the same time, I don't believe every game should be Dark Souls. Dark Rolls. I th- <laughs> Sorry, Dark Rolls, a Dark Souls board game, prepared to dice. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it's important to have the, you know, something for everyone. And I don't necessarily mean that as a different type of game for different players, but I mean something for everyone, something everyone can play. And I think Nintendo are great at creating these sort of games that I could have fun with and my parents could have fun with, you know, without it feeling like I was bored or they were feeling like the game was too complex because they don't play video games. Mm -hmm. They strike that balance very well. And I think they always have. It's just that I think the Wii obviously was the most accessible controller that's ever been devised for people who don't play games. It totally marginalised people that exactly. Play games. It's, so it's, it's that weird, balance isn't it? is very difficult, and I'm hoping the Switch has struck that balance. Well, I guess the thing about the Switch, and I guess we're going off on Nintendo memories here and back in what we look about the Switch. <laughs> it's because it only happened last week. But I think the thing with the <laughs> it's Switch... It's a new Nintendo memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's great about the Switch and its Joy-Cons is they're both. They are a true controller and they are Wii remotes together. And because of that, you can make a game that plays casual, and you could probably also give that game a standard control set. You know, you could make, like like we talked about with ARMS, there's going to be a button version of that game, but you can probably play that just as well with the, mm-hmm. the motion controls. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I think uh, I, I've got too many good Nintendo memories to, to, to pull it down to a few. Yeah. Let's just say I'm happy that they're still going, and despite the fact that it seems to be the cool in thing to always hope Nintendo don't do very well. And there seems to be this, this love of watching Nintendo suffer. So like when the Wii U wasn't doing very well, people love that. And I think it's important to remember like how much joy they've brought us. And I think mm-hmm. I'd like to think Nintendo will keep making consoles. There, for is a, a there is a balance in this industry and Nintendo are majorly important for that. Not only do they push all game developers ideas of what games can be forward, Yep. Um, and lots of other companies do as well technologically but they push the idea of play forward I... more so there is a balance of happiness in Nintendo regardless of some of the questionable decisions they have made which they in, do make and in pricing and all sorts of different stuff like that and we, 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 we talk openly and agreeably with some of those things but in terms of their importance the industry should not be underestimated I'd just like to say as a... It was very serious, wasn't it? It was very serious. <laughs> I mean, I'd just like to say as a, a general thing for Nintendo, for me, it makes me very happy that a video game company can exist that just announced New Rumble <laughs> as a feature. And a game where you have to eat a, stuff. <laughs> a, game, a game where you eat things and... Let's say, like, how many video game eras are we now? I mean, we've been going as a video games industry since the 70s, right? We've yeah. only just got a game called Arms. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to be looking at some of our reader mail now. So a few of you guys have uh, written in this week. Um, yeah, and what, we, what, 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 what was the question, Steve? We were asking people what they think defines a Nintendo game, whether for good or bad. Um, you know, what they think sums up what Nintendo's all about. We only had a couple of responses, but I think both of them uh, we'd probably agree with quite quite heavily. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, we've got uh, Charlotte Whitaker. That's at Frenchie Hearts on Twitter. She said, for Nintendo, she always thinks of polished games. Um, always lovely, hardly ever glitches or breaks, and always colourful tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. There's a certain quality 
to a Nintendo product. That, that seal of quality. Yeah, the, the official Nintendo seal of quality. But it's true. How many Nintendo games have you had? You might have some that you don't like, but how many have you had that just plain don't work? Mm-hmm. I mean, arguably, a lot of people didn't like Star Fox Zero's controls, but I would argue that those people were just bad at the game because I really like <laughs> Star Fox Zero. Well, it still worked. It still worked as, in, as, as it was intended. Yeah, you just needed to put the time in to get to learn it yeah plus that game was platinum i guess but i i mean i'm still going to defend star fox here i thought that game was brilliant even if everyone else hated it uh but yeah i think there's a certain level of polish that i would definitely associate with nintendo and mm-hmm. uh, we've also had uh at j cosplay props uh on twitter he's got in touch and he said that he thinks of fun characters and solid gameplay Sure, they've got some games that uh, look cool, but mostly Nintendo games have solid core mechanics. Sure, absolutely. There's a really good um, video on this recently um, on the um, is it Game Design Workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm rubbish at remembering things. Um, um, that talked about the what makes a game a Nintendo game, and, and it always comes down to players first, and the idea of play and mechanics come first. Yeah, um, and um, uh, and I really think that 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 the, the core, the balance of the core mechanics are are the, the most important thing here. Um, everything ties together, and I that's why the hat in Mario is just so perfect and because so odd. <laughs> it's a new mechanic and it feeds into everything that you do already with Mario. It creates yeah. a new platform to jump on. It allows you to jump that higher, is great. and it ties into what Mario is. So, so what is the core of a game, and how can that be expanded in new and interesting ways that players can combine together? Um, and even things like the flood tie into that, like you know the yeah. idea, like it all connects together and it expands the world in different ways and I, and, and I do think a lot of Square game companies are good at this that you know usually the best games are good at this but what Nintendo do is they do it really tightly and, and they, they take it to the, the, the Super Mario 3D World's a perfect example if they take it to the to the next level of, of yeah. what they can do with those well, mechanics Well Super Mario 3D World by any other company would have been a half-assed quick version of a franchise mm-hmm. and Super Mario 3D World still had loads of surprises and amazing gameplay I mean Nintendo uh, I think it was um, Splatoon I recently read about the development of. And it's crazy how much that game obviously came gameplay first, which I think is the right way of doing it. But they had the original idea for Splatoon was they were bunnies mm-hmm. you know, instead of squids. So it was bunnies running around. There's actual almost finished artwork of these characters out there, like CG renders of the characters. And basically it was handed around Nintendo and the idea was that oh, the game's fun, but visually this isn't doing much so the actual gameplay kind of came together with this ink idea i think it was originally just uh, paintball and then they thought well why not squids and then well squids can swim through things so that could swim in the ink and then you know the game just kept getting you know, different and evolving like, just based mm-hmm. on these ideas which almost came before the core concept of like the squid kids it's the, like the mechanics aren't bolted on they exactly part they, they are what makes the game that they they the the mechanics of the game formed the characters in the case of Splatoon. It's really interesting. I think, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of developers go this way, but it's just nice to know, certainly with Nintendo, that they're always just thinking about what makes a game interesting, what makes a game fun, before they think about what's going to make it look nice or you know yeah, make it visually sure. exciting. That talk uh, was the Game Maker's Toolkit, not the Game Design Workshop. So I okay, told you, I'm terrible at remembering things. I watch all of their videos and I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. <laughs> cool. So I think that's it. I think we've... Uh, that's what, I mean, I would agree with both those statements. I, I think the general consensus is just polished, completed games mm-hmm. is, is the, the main thing you think of with Nintendo. And I, I've got to agree. I've, I've never really had a Nintendo game that I thought, 
maybe needed more work. They're always very yeah, very yeah. Dumb. No, I completely agree. Yeah, there is a. I mean, look a, at all a, the a seal of approval. <laughs> certainly is, but look at all the games as well that come out on other consoles. Not, not going to name any. We're not here to to shame any any games in particular. But think about the amount of games where the DLC finishes the game, or you know, it felt like empty until the DLC came, and then you get Mario Kart Eight, which came out, and the DLC just felt like double the game mm-hmm. again for ten pounds. Yeah, that game's massive. With yeah, all the it DLC. was huge, and it was a great price, and it felt like they made it after the fact. It's like, okay, Mario Kart Eight sold well. Let's make some more courses. The reason I think that is they just took so long to come out. They, they, they definitely weren't ready, and it just felt like uh, the even though they were late to the game with uh, online DLC, Nintendo seemed to nail it with the Mario Kart model of just okay, you can buy more for the game. It's optional. You've still got a very good complete game without it. But if you want it, there's more stuff. You know who else has been doing that recently, which I like? Who's that? Ubisoft. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but you've just bought the season pass for Steep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, the game, game is the still game great. feels whole. It feels big compared to, say, I'm not going to talk about other kind of games, but there are other games out there that, that I've bought that feel really small, like things have been held back. Yeah. Whereas I would not expect anything more in Steep, for yeah, example. You're right. Destiny, and I wouldn't Destiny have expected anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wouldn't expect anything more in say the division for example of for the base game you know like, yeah sure yeah so because they're big you know ex- interesting games i mean there are i mean i, I just name dropped uh, destiny there as a, a little jape who but who <laughs> destiny for me is one of those games where we didn't really get the true game until they'd finished the main game and then gave us the dlc that started to pad it out and you know i'm just glad we don't see too much of that from nintendo mm-hmm. but good games Less expansions, please. Yep, absolutely. And more Bomberman. And more Bomberman. (laughs) (laughs) So are we done for today? I think we've got to wrap this up so we can go watch this Fire Emblem Direct, which most people will have seen by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, we haven't gone through our Nintendo Dreams. Oh, well, let's quickly go on some Nintendo Dreams. Yeah, okay, so let's just keep this kind of quick and short. Okay, well, let's just... Two games. Two games each? Two games that you would like to come out on the Nintendo Switch. Okay. Though you want to be announced at E3 this year. Okay, well, I want Metroid. I've just added extra things. I want Metroid. Okay. And I want it... And this has been on my mind since I saw the name on the list of credited developers for the Switch. I want From Software's Metroid. Because From Software have a dev kit for Switch. They're listed as a developer for it. Imagine Dark Souls Metroid. That, man, that's so perfect. I would love that Dark Souls Metroid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, w- I would love i mean it doesn't have to be by from software but that just feels like such an amazing fit mm-hmm. if they if they had a, a sort of a dark souls-esque metroid game and th- both of those games are about walking around getting lost and being terrified of the challenge it's perfect to me i would love that yeah. i would absolutely love metroid what about you um mm, it's a it's a kind of tricky one really um i'm probably going to say um, I'd love, I'd love a new F Zero game. Oh um, man, yeah. Um, I'd really like them to do something different with it, though, and not just you know, something just, just. I'd, I'd like it to come back with a real style. Yeah, um, I don't know what I want from F Zero, but that, that's why they haven't. I don't. I feel like they haven't made one. But um, yeah, the GameCube one was kind of so perfect that I don't know how you top that without just going, oh, it's in HD. Mm-hmm. But that's not Nintendo's thing, is it? They always try and add something. And yeah, it, it feels like. Yeah, I'm ready for new F-Zero. Absolutely. There's a lot of character in there, and I think they can use that character. They need to maybe look at arms of Splatoon and Overwatch, and how can they bring that back into Yeah, F-Zero. give it a bit of personality. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always had characters like um, 
Captain Falcon and all that, but it's never really had character to the no, characters. It's I like think okay, more they can do to it, you know. Yeah, you could definitely sort of um, expand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, another dream game for me, and it's been heavily rumored, and even Reggie himself has mentioned it recently. But as someone late to the party and having recently discovered and loved Earthbound, I'd love Mother Three. I do think it's time. I do think we're going to get Mother 3. The fact that Reggie himself mentioned it by name in a Games We Know You Want sort of statement makes me think it's coming. But Mm -hmm. I I just think that's ideal for the Switch. And it sends the right message as well of we're here for those people who've supported Nintendo for a long time and we're aware of what you want. And here it is. I think that would be a big thing. What about yourself? Anything else that stands out as a... Dushing the Giant 2. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. (laughs) Right, that's it. This section's over. There's the winner. (laughs) And that's it for another podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us uh, to suggest topics for the show or to answer any of our questions that we put out there, or if you just want to have a chat, you can find us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash tap tap bros. Or you can follow us on Twitter at tap tap rose on twitter and please do leave us a review on uh, itunes it um it really helps uh, the podcast get noticed it really helps it get out to all the people that would be interested in hearing about uh, gaming happy gaming goodness it fluffs our ego it does <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, the next podcast um will be about games that we were wrong about so, yes um, so- games that we had perceived to be a big pile of dump and actually <laughs> when they came out they were loved them. they were shiny and happy so. and obviously the other way around as well i mean there are some games that i've assumed are going to be great and then i've played them and just sort of gone Oh no! <laughs> oh, I know some of those. I've got some memories of you going, "Oh, oh dear, no!" So we want to know what games you've bought in the past that have disappointed you because you were expecting greatness and were delivered a, a dump, mm-hmm. <laughs> or games that you thought were going to be terrible and picked up in the bargain bin and had a really good time with. Yeah, absolutely. So, so please uh, comment on our Twitter and our Facebook and um, and let us know your thoughts on that. And we'll mention them in the next uh, the next show. And because we'll be bringing back uh, genre reassignment uh, next episode, we're going to be taking games we really disliked and we're going to be turning them into games we love. <laughs> Until next time, keep, keep tapping. tapping.